0: Thank you, Lord. Thank you because you never slumber and you never sleep. That means we can have rest. We can have peace. We can even experience sleep because we know everything's in your control. It doesn't always look like it. We often have trouble in our spirit, in our heart, as we look around and the things that we see worry us, make us anxious strike us with fear even we don't have to worry you are the maker of heaven and earth and you are our help Psalm 46 says you are an ever present never absent help in trouble so God when we see trouble when we sense trouble We can look around knowing you're not far away. Thank you. We worship you for this. And we praise you. And we ask you to fill our minds with your thoughts, with your heart, with your words as we open your word. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And all God's children said, amen. Welcome to Bethany. Psalm 121 was a song my dad would read, uh, often early, early in the morning when we'd get up to leave for a vacation, for uh, sometimes a long drive, sometimes a a drive from all the way from Southern California to see my grandparents back in Minnesota, and it was a, a, a constant reminder of the fact that our help comes from the mighty God, the maker of heaven and earth, When we're in a difficult season, when we're in a difficult time, we turn often to the psalms. It's a natural thing to do. It's a natural uh, place for us to look. And uh, in a season that we find ourselves in, the COVID-19 season, the coronavirus season, uh, we ask ourselves these kinds of questions. Where does my help come from? And the psalms help us because they ask the same kinds of difficult questions questions that we find rising in our own hearts and minds the same challenges the same kind of fears and the same kind of heart requests that we have uh, come uh, quickly to voice in the psalms and so we kind of take them on and this particular song we're going to look at today if you ever outlined, uh, if you don't it's uh, somewhere on the page where you're watching our live stream today And our message is from Psalm 4, which ends, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I'm glad that you're here today to join us. Uh, It's a season where news often is troubling, is challenging, is sometimes staggering and overwhelming. And so the psalmist jumps right into the things that he is carrying, the things that he is Struggling with, and he says, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. He says kind of the same thing four different ways. Answer me when I call to you. Give me release and relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer we're often in distress in the life that we live as the book of Ecclesiastes uh, tells us uh, life under the sun there's often distress there's often trouble there's often difficulty and what we pray is God that you will answer that you'll give us relief that you will have mercy on us that you will hear our prayer And we express confidence in you that you hear our prayers even at those times when we're not sure that you're there. And perhaps especially at those times we need to have faith. We need to express our confidence in you. That you are the God who is the righteous God. You are the one who, righteousness in the Old Testament, Bruce Waltke says, is to disadvantage yourself to advantage another person. Or to... Not advantage yourself by advantaging someone else, by disadvantaging someone else. God puts our needs ahead of even his own. He answers when we call. He hears us even before we pray, Scripture tells us. And he loves to come to the aid of those who are in need. There's a how-long refrain that comes here in the Psalms and... Many other places in the songs, how long, Lord, how long? Here it's, how long will, your, will you men? It's a particular set of men that uh, the psalmist is talking to, David, we believe, in this instance. It's a certain set of men who have the kind of money that means that they don't worry about the things that some of the rest of us might worry about. And so they are self-sufficient. They are independent. They are not dependent on God They are not interdependent on others. And so in his distress, he cries out, How long will you men, mere humans, turn my glory, the glory of the king? But the glory of the king is always a reflected glory. It's the glory that comes ultimately from God himself. How long will you men turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? When we're in trouble, we often look around. We look and say, uh, where are the mountains? Where's my help? We almost invent ways that we think are going to help us. It's amazing sometimes if you ever watch TV and notice the ads. Blessed to be in an era, sometimes we don't have to watch ads. Sometimes we can fast forward through them if we watch it in a particular way. But when we watch ads, it's amazing the kinds of just life change that comes to us from ridiculous products that kind of offer up hope in giving peace to a distressing situation. In a world where hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people have been impacted by the coronavirus, when thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been impacted with COVID-19, when many people who aren't impacted in the same way are shaken to the core, By fear of this, Uh, when our world is changed and our lifestyle is affected, we cry out to God—not just to other people. We cry out, "How long, O Lord? How long?" And throughout the Psalms, this refrain, "How long, O Lord? How long?" echoes. Because, as uh, Old Testament scholar Tremper Longman III says, this phrase indicates that the sufferer has been long in his pain and sees no terminus no end in sight he, he thus appeals to god's pity suggesting suggesting that perhaps enough is enough i can't take much more god how long how long and then immediately he goes to that musical phrase that we think may be the equivalent of uh, in modern musical notation uh, of a rest, of a pause, of an opportunity to reflect, of an opportunity to slow down, to take a breath, to breathe deeply, and to think about that. God, it's been a long time that we've been struggling with our situation. It's been a long time since we've been able to meet together in person. And many are wondering how long. Then we get news that we're able to meet together in small groups and we're able to stop wearing our masks and we're in public. And then we have a a fresh surge, almost worse than the initial outbreaks. And we ask, How long, Lord? How long? And we think about this and we ruminate this. And we reflect on it and we chew on it. And if we chew on our challenges, our, our struggles, our difficulties too long, we become preoccupied with us and it pulls us down. It pulls us down into the surge, it pulls us down into the troubles. So, throughout the book of Psalms, the psalmist periodically looks to his challenge, his struggles, looks around for help. I look to the mountains. Where does my help come from? But then he reminds himself, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And in Psalm 4, we see a similar pattern. How long, O Lord, how long? People love delusions. People seek false gods, gods that do not listen to us, gods who do not care about us, gods who do not give relief to our distress. But then he speaks that word to himself, I believe. He speaks that word of confidence, of faith. He orients his eyes once again away from his struggle and onto the maker of heaven and earth. And he says, know. Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. Know that we have a unique relationship with the living God. We know that God, the God and Father of us all, from before the world began loved us and called us to be his we belong to him we know we know with uh, eyes that look back from the time of jesus we know that god sent his son to enter our world and to experience our life and he knows exactly what we're going through he knows the challenges the struggles the anxieties the worries but he knows that the father has set apart his faithful servant for himself and he knows and you know and i know that the lord hears when i call to him we remind ourselves of our anxieties our worries and then we remind ourselves and really we remind god of our anxieties and worries and then we remind ourselves of the goodness of god the faithfulness of god we know we have a unique relationship with him It's as if uh, in the Gospels where Jesus is talking uh, on the night that he's betrayed and the day before he goes to die one of the most horrific deaths that anyone in human history has ever gone through because it's a a death for sins he did not commit. It's a death on behalf of others, in the place of others, a substitution for others. God has provided the lamb and he says all of you will abandon me, every one of you, Uh, all of you the closest friends, followers, into whom I poured my heart, my life, my mind. All of you will leave me all alone. And then he calls to mind as his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, David. And he now, King Jesus, the greater son of King David, does what his family tradition has taught him, He reminds himself of what's true. All of you will leave me completely abandoned, but I am not alone, he says, because my Father is with me. That's what we're called to do when we have questions that don't make sense. When we look around and we see things and we wonder if God's listening, if we're wondering if God's there, we remind ourselves, we remember the unique relationship that God has invited us into, has initiated. He initiated it by creating us. He initiated it in his son by redeeming us. He initiated it in his spirit by sending his spirit at the cost of the blood of Jesus, the new covenant to be available to us, to fill us, to flood our hearts, to breathe into our parched spiritual lungs, the breath of life so that we become again a living soul. We're reminded of who God is. He speaks to those who want to live life independent of God, want to turn to other gods. The ones who want to live life their own way. And he says, tremble. Tremble and do not sin. We tremble when we're afraid. But we're not afraid when we have this relationship with God. He's talking to those who are trying to live life in utter independence from God. And he says, tremble and do not sin. What kind of a relationship is this that we're invited into? It's one in which we're told throughout the Psalms and the book of Proverbs and the book of Ecclesiastes and Job that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And uh, the late uh, wonderful preacher Warren Wiersbe wrote this, Believers who fear the Lord need not fear anything else. Let me say it again. Believers who fear the Lord need not fear anything else. Absalom's followers, that's one of the possible historical settings for this psalm, when David's son Absalom turned on the king, made himself anointed king in place of his father and then hunted David for his life. Ab- Absalom's fathers trembled neither before the Lord nor before David, their rightful king, Wiersby writes. But believers who fear the Lord need not fear anything else. What do you fear? I fear all kinds of things. Sometimes not even conscious of it. I have to kind of stop and reflect and really, I'm, I have a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so we tremble and we do not sin. We engage in the fear of the Lord. We realize that what's going on around us is like nothing in the hands of the one who is the maker of heaven and earth. Tremble and do not sin. And when you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. When we're on our beds, uh, well, there's something that typically we often do when we're on our beds, which is sleep. When we're filled with Fear, sometimes, do you find like I do, sometimes it's hard to get to sleep. I've had times of anxiety in the last month when it's been hard to go to sleep. I've had times of anxiety and worry or fear that I've gone to sleep problem-solving, strategizing with my hard drive spinning, trying to figure out a problem, trying to get understanding, insight on uh, a challenge that's in front of me and I've woken up in the morning nine hours later and that challenge is still right here and that hard drive seems like it's never spun down at all when you're on your beds I think he's saying your focus shouldn't be on your worries you should be on the Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth and so we tremble God talks elsewhere in the Psalms about those who tremble at his word. For whom the voice of God is something powerful, something dynamic, something life-changing, something the likes of which the world has never seen. When you're on your bed, search your hearts. Open your heart to God. Open your heart in the presence of him whose eyes are like burning fire, according to Revelation 1. Open your hearts in the presence of the one whose word is like a two-edged sword that can cut between and discern like a skillful surgeon between the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Not just our actions, but what lies in the heart that motivates our actions. Search your hearts, he says, and be silent. Be silent. When I'm in problem-solving mode, sometimes I talk too much. Some might say I talk too much in general. But when I'm in problem-solving mode, I particularly talk a lot. And God says, tremble and do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts. Open your hearts before God. Psalm 51 beautifully describes this. Search my heart, O God search me know my ways see if there is any offensive way in me anything that offends you God anything that brings harm to my own life and circumstances anything that harms the people who are around me God and lead me in the way everlasting search your hearts and be silent well we've seen be silent in the Psalms elsewhere As we look at the life of David, it's pretty clear he's a problem solver. He is a warrior. He sees a threat. He grabs some rocks. He senses a threat to the kingdom. He straps on his sword. He knows how to solve a problem. But he also knows that he has an impulsive side. He has a bias toward action that sometimes nullifies a bias toward listening, a bias toward stillness, a bias toward the living God and against the living God. And so he reminds himself, Psalm 46, just in uh, several more psalms here, he says, be still. At a time when it seems like the mountains are shaking and falling into the middle of the sea, The world is coming apart, he says, be still and know that I am God. Isaiah, over and over, God speaks through the prophet and over and over he says, I am God and there is no other. Winston Churchill is reported to have a a, a rival, a, a political opponent in England and Churchill felt he was pretty full of himself. Churchill himself can be pretty full of himself. But one time he was describing this individual to a group of friends and he says, there but for the grace of God goes God. And sometimes we live our lives like that, as if we are God, forgetting that uh, we look to the mountains and thinking we're full of ourselves. No, we need the life that only God can give. God tells us that I am God and there is no other. Search your heart on your bed. Be silent. Be still. Psalm 46:10. Be still and know, be conscious. Remind yourself that I am God. God the Father says to us Psalm 37:7 tells us to be still before the Lord. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for him. We hate waiting as human beings. We like instant oatmeal. We like fast food. You notice it's not good food, it's fast food. Be still in the presence of the Lord. Does that mean you have to come to church? Right now we can't come to church, many of us, right? I'm standing in our, our worship center, our sanctuary, but there's precious few people who are here. Most of us are worshiping in the sanctity of our own home. You're on holy ground right now. You're on holy ground. We've invited the presence of the Lord to be with us as we worship. As we worship, you're on holy ground. Where two or three are gathered together, even at great distance, I believe. Jesus says, there I am in the middle of you. So I think he's right here. You may look around as you're looking. And last week I got some um, uh, snapshots of people who are watching our service just to show them uh, in situ in their home, in their natural settings, sitting there with um, pajamas and um, bedroom slippers on, relaxing in the comfort of their home, but you're on holy ground. You might want to take off those slippers because God is here. God is here because the psalmist has prayed what he knows is already a reality He says, answer me when I call to you, God, my righteous God. Hear my prayer, he says. And then in verse 3, he says, know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. Know that we're in relationship to living God. And know that the Lord hears when I call to him. You're in holy ground. As you're there, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still in his presence. Wait patiently for him to act. And now, for a second time, the psalmist says that, expresses that kind of musical terms, possibly a rest, possibly just reflect for a moment, think for a moment on this. Let words cease. Be still. Know that I am God. Be still before the Lord, before his face, in his presence. A mentor Dallas Willard used to say, sometimes people would ask him about his kind of daily devotional time. He'd said, you know, regularly, regularly through that course of a week, I need to take time to, to be still and just find a place I can get away. It started when I was in my college years in Texas and Baylor University. And I was working in a church, and I'd go into the little nursery, where they had those little tiny little chairs, and I'd sit on one of those, or I'd lay just back on the ground. And people would ask, "So what would you do then?" He said, "I'd just sit there in Christ's presence. I'd just sit there in Christ's presence." I've tried to learn from that. It's difficult for me to do. I'm activist. Not always that physically active, but uh, in my mind, it's always moving. It's always probing. It's always thinking, and I need to be still and know that He is God. So, wonderful writer, a monk named Brother Lawrence, wrote a book called "Practicing the Presence of God." Practicing the presence of God, and he began to practice the presence of God so much that it became a habit for him. So that he said, I am as much in the presence of God among the clutter and the clang and the noise of the pots and pans that he was washing as part of his duty in the the monastery. Uh, I'm as close to the heart of God among the clanging and crashing of pots and pans as I am at Holy Communion. That takes some work. That takes some practice. And some of us are out of practice. And for some reason that I don't fully understand, God has, in his grace, I'm not blaming coronavirus on God. I'm saying that God can take a, a situation intended for evil for the destruction of many people. And God can redeem it for good, as he did in the case of Joseph. Joseph, uh, taken by his brothers, um, thrown in a pit, blood poured over his a beautiful coat of many colors to return to his father and says, Dad, we did our best, but a lion got to Joseph, and he's God, and you'll never see him again. In reality, his brothers had sold him into slavery, into a far country, possibly Egypt, definitely Egypt. Across the border, the mortal enemies of the people of Israel, the people of God in Israel. And yet, God used that situation to care for his people Joseph when he was reunited decades later with his brothers said you intended this for evil but God meant it for good for the redemption of many the salvation of many and so here is a situation that we abhor and that frightens us and that we worry it's touched my family our three members that have uh, been tested positive uh, are now uh, completed their 14-day quarantine, praise God. We don't think it's spread further than that. Sherry and I are actually still waiting for our, our results, uh, should get those any day, but I haven't shown any symptoms. Sherry's had a sore throat at, at most, uh, so we thank God, we praise God. But what this moment in time forces on us is that we've got kind of nothing but time, And so we listen to the voice of God because when things are slowed for us, we start looking around for challenges, for issues, for worries, for things to fear. And God says on your bed, search your hearts, be still, be quiet. Be still before the Lord in his presence. Be still. Know that I am God. And a second time, Selah, reflect on that. Think about that. Think about your discomfort with quiet. But it's possible that in the quiet you'll encounter the living God. Remember Elijah, hungry for God, working hard for God, exhausted because of ministry for God and the attack of, of the enemies of God. And he ran and he ran and he walked 40 days into nothingness, 40 days into the wilderness exhausted, fell down in a cave. God t- took care of his practical needs. He gave him sleep. He gave him food. Then he gave him sleep a second time. Then he gave him food another time. And then Elijah said, I'm desperate for your presence. And God says, no one can see me and live, but I'm going to put you in a cave. I'm going to cover you with my hand, and you can just see the, the afterglow, as it were, the sunset of my radiance, my glory, my goodness, as I pass by. And Elijah waited and looked, waited for the show as we might on the 4th of July. But alas, on the 4th of July, most fireworks shows were canceled. However, in our neighborhood, uh, apparently what was canceled by the government was reenacted by every neighbor that we have. And so there was a battery of armament going off, had been going off the whole month anyway, was going off the whole day from 9 till 9.15, the traditional kind of time of the official fireworks. But, you know, at every kind of place I looked and behind my head and behind our house as well, there were military-grade fireworks that were going off and it was pretty spectacular. But we look for God in the spectacular often. We look for God in the big. We look for God in the impressive. And God was not in the fire. And then there came a, a violent wind Reminds us a little bit of the day of Pentecost. They knew something had happened that day. But this violent wind came like a tornado or like one of those winds that causes enormous damage. But God was not in the wind. But after that came a still and a small voice. Sometimes we don't hear the voice of God because we just haven't slowed down enough. That we can hear him deep in the recesses of our hearts. That we don't recall the word that was implanted in us so many years before. When we slow down, when we listen, we hear. Verse 5 offer the sacrifices of the righteous. He's speaking to those who are rich, who don't need God, who apparently are offering sacrifices, but they're not the sacrifices of the righteous. To act just, justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. Those are the sacrifices God asks, according to Micah. And trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Instead of doing this, Lord, many are asking, who will bring us prosperity? We just want, we just want what we want, God. We want good stuff. We want good things. We want, well, we'll tell you what we want, God. We've got a laundry list of stuff that we want that we think that we need. Many are asking who will bring us prosperity. The psalmist knows what he needs is not prosperity. It is not physical or financial gain. And he asks really for three things. He says, let the light of your face shine upon us. God, let the light of your face shine upon us. He says, fill my heart with joy. When the people who all they want is more stuff. In an agrarian society, all they want is more stuff. When their grain and their new wine abound, when it seems like the gods that they serve, the God of work, the God of money, has worked for them in an era where the haves and the gap between the haves and the have-nots is bigger than it's ever been. God, here's what I want, fill my heart with joy, even when their grain and new wine abind. We want to be filled with your joy. And finally, verse eight, in peace I will lay down and sleep. For you, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Let's draw a couple of principles from this, from the emotional kind of back and forth going on in the heart of the king. Number one, looking at the first three verses, even if we wonder, even when we wonder if the Lord is listening, if you're honest right now, have there been times in the past week, month, year, when you've been wondering, is the Lord even there? Is the Lord even listening? The saints of the triune God, Bruce Waltke and James Houston write in their book, The Psalms as Christian Worship. The saints of the triune God often feel abandoned by him with no answers to their prayer. In his book, A Grief Observed, C.S. Lewis likens his prayer for his wife's healing from cancer to knocking on the door as the Lord Jesus instructed. Lewis said he knocked until his knuckles were bloodied. And when he examined the door, it was double bolted. And sometimes when we step back and look upstairs, the lights are out and no one seems at home. Perplexity is a normal Christian experience, but saints do not despair. Because the truths of the story of God transcend our immediate narrative. False gods don't hear our prayers. When we're in our distress, God listens. God hears when I call to him. We have confidence. As many of you have heard this past week, we've been struggling. We've been strategizing. We've been researching. We've been consulting. We've been praying together, working together. And we've sensed that God has said that we're not able to open our school again in the coming fall. And our hearts are broken. Our hearts are very heavy this week. And we've cried out to God, and it felt like God was answering, but we didn't care for the answer. We didn't want that answer. We wanted our answer, and God had his answer. As we continued to pray, God brought us as a board of deacons. He brought us as a a staff as well together to acknowledge it seems like we're not able. It wouldn't be responsible to continue the school under the financial constraints that we are but our hearts are broken and even in a season when we wonder are you listening God are you there are you with us we are confident that he hears our prayers that he has chosen us as his friends know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servants for himself that he has not left us alone that he hears, that he listens, that he's there. And now we, just ongoing now, we, we continue to pray. We continue to pray for this time of transition. We pray especially for our world-class team, our administration, a world-class principal that we have. We pray for our staff. We pray for our teachers. And we pray that God would find a home for them, a, a new position for them that God would meet their financial needs and care for them and find them a place where they can continue to invest in the next generation in a way that has been so impactful and we pray for our students who we love and we pray for our families our parents of these students who are just so precious to us and who have uh, so many of whom have have written and uh, expressed love and expressed concerns but who've prayed for us in the journey. And we pray for them, that God would find them that perfect spot for them to flourish as they continue walking with Jesus Christ, which has been our heart, our goal as part of our school. Even when we wonder if the Lord is listening, we believe he hears our prayers. Then number two, from verses four through six, we, we sense that even when we're not sure where to turn, I, I look to the hills, where's my help come from? The Lord and the Lord alone is worthy of our trust. Tremble and do not sin when you're on your bed. Search your hearts. Be silent. It's when we're silent that we hear the voice of God. It's when we're silent that we sense the presence of God. It's when we're still that our very being resonates with the heart of God. The Lord is worthy of our trust. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous. Ask, what does God want? What does God delight in? And trust in the Lord. Here David echoes what his son Solomon will later say, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart don't lean on your own understanding in all the paths that you take trust in him and he will make your path straight we can trust in him even when we're not sure where to turn and then number three even when our struggle feels overwhelming the Lord gives us peace and rest that which we need when our struggle feels overwhelming some of my sleep struggles have been exactly in this arena as we've struggled as we've talked as we've dialogued as we've proposed ideas as we've examined reality as we've prayed together and wept together The struggle has felt overwhelming, and I felt like there's been just days and days in a row where I could not. I I seemingly slept; the clock told me I slept, but my body didn't seem to indicate that it had rested. I, I sure didn't have peace. I didn't have rest, and God brought to mind. This psalm with this final verse, in peace I lay down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. And and I saw that there are three things that the psalmist here, David here, asks uh, from God that God wants to grant. He says, first of all, we want to see your face. Let the light of your face shine on us. Let the light of your face shine on us. We want to see your face. We want to hear your voice. We want to be in your presence. Let the light of your face shine upon us. His words here bring back the words from the what's called the Aaronic Blessing. The blessing of the high priest Aaron in numbers six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face. Toward you, Sometimes in life we feel like God has forgotten us. We feel like God has turned his face away from us. So he prays, he blesses people. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. We want to see your face. Then he says, fill my heart with joy. God, even if you don't give me what I am asking for in the physical realm, the realm where we walk by faith and not by sight. Some have wondered if this psalm was a prayer offered up because of a drought, because of the lack of rain. He's praying for rain but not getting it. Some have wondered if he's being pursued by Absalom or possibly by Saul earlier in his life, and he's without provision. He doesn't know where to turn. Some have written about this psalm and said because this psalm doesn't specify what it's about, it can be borrowed by every one of us who are in distress and use it for our particular situation without it being an exact match for whatever David was going through at the time, and I sure like that. Whatever else happens, God, I want to see your face, and we want to be filled with your joy. Jesus, on his way to the cross... Tells his friends, his followers, you trust in God, now trust also in me. I'm going to die. I'm going to be taken from you. You won't see me again. In the same breath, he says, but my joy I give you. And I'm sending another comforter, another who is the same exact kind of comforter as I have been. I'm sending you another comforter to be with you. And I will give you my joy. And your joy will overflow. God, we want to be filled with your joy. No matter what happens around us, no matter what happens in the circumstances that we bring to you, that we, that we pray, God, we want to be filled with your, your joy. And that happens when we come into your presence. And we remember we're not alone. And finally, he says, we want to receive your peace. Because without your peace, we can't experience your rest that's our challenge if we don't have peace in our hearts we can not experience the rest that God provides for his children as he says elsewhere in the Psalms Psalms if you have sleep issues if you have maybe sleep apnea or some insomnia difficulties or difficulties getting to sleep or difficulties staying asleep the Psalm is, Psalms are full of reflections about rest Psalm 121, called the traveler's psalm, often I described, I opened my time with you uh, today, talks about the the rest that comes from the fact that we're in the hands of the one who neither slumbers nor sleeps. And because of that, you and I can. He's got the whole thing under control. God gives us peace and rest. We want to receive your peace and experience your rest. There's a Vietnam veteran who wrote Bruce Waltke the following letter, and it's in the Commentary on the Psalms as Christian Worship, written by Bruce Waltke and James Houston. Vietnam veteran said, In one of the battles I fought in Vietnam, there were dead and wounded all around me. I'd gone three days without sleep. My ability to make wise decisions was at a dangerously low level. At 3 a.m., I found a hole in a jungle base virtually under a battery of cannons. The heat of the jungle night combined with that of the cannons which followed volleys about every 20 seconds. It was insufferable, insufferable. And even in the stench of the gunpowder, the mosquitoes relentlessly pursued their bloodthirsty duty. And as I lay there, this verse of Scripture came to me as audibly as any human voice. I will lie down In peace, and I will sleep. For you alone, O God, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And he wrote, I think I had the best two hours sleep in my entire life. God, would you help us? For all who are in distress right now, for all who are going through grief and pain, particularly those who are. In grief or worry or anxiety for people that they love, which is harder often than our own struggles. God, would you hear our prayers? God, even when we're not sure where to turn, you are worthy of our trust. And so help us to remind ourselves, and even through this act of worship right now, God, God, help us to trust in you. To say I look to the mountains Where does my help come from my help comes from you Lord the maker of heaven and earth God if anybody's in distress here God and struggle feels overwhelming may the Lord grant you peace may the Lord grant you rest and I pray that even this afternoon you'll be able to lay on your bed be still be silent wait for the lord rest in the lord he loves you so deeply you're not alone when you cry out and you don't feel like he answers he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble if you're in trouble he's around psalm says that the lord is close to the broken in the heart he's close when our hearts are broken when God feels most distant from us at such times we have to tell ourselves our senses are mistaken because the Lord is close close to the broken in heart and he binds up every wound let's pray living God this is a distressful season that we're in we ask you very simply to hear our voice we ask you very simply to help us to be still when we want to pedal a little faster. We ask you, God, to give us peace and rest. We ask us to you to show us the light of your face and fill our hearts with your joy. Most of all, I pray, God, for every individual that this afternoon and most certainly this evening tonight when people get ready for bed and tomorrow when they're uh, maybe threatening to, life is threatening and worry is threatening to wake them up. May they receive your peace. May they experience your rest, your sleep deeper than they normally have, God. You are the maker of heaven and earth. You love us. You're with us. You're for us. Come, Abba, Father. Come, Anointed King. Come, Holy, Holy Spirit. Our God is the maker of heaven and earth. It's not all up to you, and it's not all up to me. Our lives are hidden in God. Thank you for being with us today. Call us, email us, text us with prayer requests. We're with you, we're for you, we want to help, we want to pray for you. We've been praying this week for our requests that we get throughout the course of the week. God bless you as you continue on your journey. Now, may the God of hope, that's who he is, may he fill you, that's what he does. With all joy and peace, that's what we need. As you trust in him, that's our part, that's what we can do. All this so that you may overflow with hope by the power of of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. God be with you.